You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Waddle, Waddle! Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown! Miami. Okay. It's Waddle! His sixth touchdown sixth pass touchdown of the day. Drive Time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, the Dolphins drop their fifth straight game of the season. One more regular season game left to go, and if they want there to be more, They'll have to stop the streak next week at home against the New York Jets. We'll do the five takeaways from the game on Sunday and tell you what's coming on the pike for week number 18. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. We're not going to be doing any housekeeping or thinking out loud, as I'm sure you'll hear on many shows this week, about the offseason or the future and what's next because we have all offseason to talk about that kind of stuff for now here's what we got to know before we do the five takeaways win next week against the new york jets who just finished their loss in seattle against the seahawks 23 to 6 i believe was the final there that just went final as i'm taping this podcast yeah 23 to 6 the Jets lose in Seattle. So had Miami won today, they would have punched their ticket to the postseason. That didn't happen. Now they'll have to beat the Jets next week at home here at Hard Rock Stadium, and they'll have to get a Patriots loss against the Buffalo Bills. And that game will be played in Buffalo. So Buffalo's situation is interesting because they're going to have a Monday night game against the Bengals. And if they win that game, they are then one win away a magic number of one away, I should say, a win or a KC loss from clinching the number one overall seed, getting that first weekend at home, and then hosting Kansas City or Cincinnati, whoever it's going to be in the divisional and potentially championship round. So that's going to be a big motivation factor for the Bills to go out and win that game against the Bengals on Monday night and win the game against the Patriots in week number 18, which Miami must have to qualify for the postseason. As they sit at 8-8 eight and eight right now through 17 weeks of the season, 16 games, and of course that all-important 17th game coming up next Sunday. What time will that game kick off? That's all dependent on what the league decides. It could be a 1 o'clock, a 425, or potentially even the primetime game. I venture to guess it won't be the primetime game because the Jets are now eliminated and the Dolphins could be eliminated if the Patriots win over Buffalo. So you probably don't want to have a potential meaningless game in terms of the playoff seating if that's how it turns out to be in week number 18. So you have to imagine Dolphins and Patriots will play at the exact same time. So you'll be watching the Dolphins and scoreboard watching the Patriots and Buffalo Bills, but pull for Buffalo to beat Cincinnati on Monday night football and get themselves one win away from that top seed. So that's that's it. That's all it takes to get you in next week. You can erase a five-game losing streak and get into the postseason. Before we get to the takeaways here from the Dolphins' 23-21 loss up in Foxborough, the first since the 2020 opener uh, in that building, let's go ahead and read the stats for you in this game. Miami has 21 first downs, New England's 14. Miami's 4 for 14 on third downs. The Patriots were 5 for 13. They did, however, get a few penalties uh, that extended drives. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Miami was 2 for 3 on fourth. The Patriots 0 for their one attempt. Miami outgained New England 333 to 249. That included 247 to 172 in the passing game and 86 to 77 
In the rushing game, Miami also ran more plays than the Patriots, 69-57. to They had more rush attempts. They had two more turnovers, though, and that's kind of where the game turned. Two to nothing in the turnover category. Uh, the Patriots got two sacks on our quarterbacks. We got three on theirs. And the Patriots had six penalties for 39 yards, Miami 9 for 71. And Miami possessed the football for just under 34 minutes in this game. Statistics, if you didn't watch the game, I'm sure you did if you listen to this podcast. Teddy Bridgewater had to exit after he threw a pick six that put the Patriots on top 16 to 14 as Miami had that touchdown lead and the football with a chance to go make it a two-score lead in that third quarter. That's not how it goes. He gets an injured finger that causes him to miss the rest of the game. In comes Skylar Thompson. So Bridgewater 12 for 19 for a buck 61, a touchdown and a pick. That's an 85.6 passer rating. Skylar Thompson comes in in relief and goes 12 for 21 for 104, a touchdown and a pick, and a 66.4 rating. Jeff Wilson had 15 rushes for 45, Mostert 9 for 29, and Mostert actually led the way with 8 catches for 62. Tyreek had 4 for 55, and Waddle had 3 for 52. Jeff Wilson also gave me 3 for 31, so the back's heavily involved in this game. And takeaway number one is that really in these losses, and that's going to be a theme, these first three takeaways, it's just been a similar script, one that I'm sure Dolphins fans are getting tired of reading. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of those details, let's go ahead and spin it over to head coach Mike McDaniel, who addressed this very thing and talked about the frustrating aspects of letting these games go by the wayside when you have chance after chance to get a victory and ultimately punch your ticket to the postseason. Yeah, definitely didn't expect this. pretty frustrating. Got a lot of guys laying it on the line, and, um, you know, you you, want to get the results you you feel like the team deserves and um, should get, and you come up short. You know, that's kind of the nature of football when you make critical mistakes, you know, with points scored off turnovers and, um, and, uh, you know, some, you know, I think we had a collection of penalties that really cost us. So, you know, th- those types of things uh, will leave you with the type of result we were trying to avoid. Um, but, you know, it's it's still uh, uh, we still have games to play. We have one um, in particular against the New York Jets that uh, we have to respond to. And um, that's what I'll be focused on getting the team um, channeled towards because that's, uh, you know, there's you. you you go through tough, tough stretches in seasons. You go through tough, tough stretches in games, and we have to learn how to um, get ourselves out of that at some point in time. Yeah, I think frustration is the word that everybody would use when it comes to the way these last five games have gone. And again, hopefully with one more game to go, we can flip that script next week. But just little things that go by the boards that you think in the moment, oh, it's okay, we'll get it back next time, we'll get it back in the, in the following possession or whatever it might be. But then at the end of the day, you go back and look at these six, seven, eight, not like how many moments can you go back and look at and say, man, if that just goes the other way, the Dolphins, maybe that game changes its complexion and the Dolphins get those two points they needed to, you know, tie or win the game at the end. But early in the game, the Dolphins lose the challenge on the Taekwon Thornton reception up the sideline. Tyreek Hill's catch was very, very close. We didn't get a challenge in there, and that play goes off the books. That would have been potentially points because he caught that ball well inside what Jason Sanders' distance is on his field goal range, at least as far as he can stretch that leg out. And then just more operational huddle issues in terms of getting the play in, getting it out. 
burning through all of your timeouts in the first quarter. There was a fourth and one play, call a timeout, and then you bring the offense back onto the field. Those are the type of situations where at the end of the half, when you need to kill the clock or stop the clock, I mean, I know it wasn't the first half, but if you're kicking onside at the end of the game, if you had all three timeouts there, maybe you can kick that ball deep and burn the timeouts and get the football back that way. But just in general, the illegal shift, illegal formations, the procedural penalties that continue to plague this team and just reset explosive plays offensively. Because this team, like top 10 scoring, top 10 yards per play, top 10 offense, all that stuff is there. So you ask yourself, where is the production or the wins or the points in the back end? These are good ways to make sure that that offensive production does not reflect what the scoreboard says in terms of your total score. So the two-play swing at the start of the fourth quarter is a prime example of that. We mentioned the play last week before Raheem Mostert or before the interception with Raheem Mostert as the intended target, it's going to be first and goal because Waddle makes a catch and run down to the 10 yard line. And you're going to have a chance to go put the ball in the end zone, take a touchdown lead late in that game. But instead you wind up getting a procedural penalty where you're not, you don't have all seven guys in the line of scrimmage and you bring it back five yards rather than first and goal. And the next play is an interception and the Packers take it down the other side. And I mean, it's a huge, huge swing in the game. For the Dolphins in this one, illegal shift on the scramble by Skylar Thompson that converted on third and nine that would have been first and 10 from the Patriots 27-yard line. In a game, you're down by two, so a field goal puts you up, right? Then it goes, penalty takes you back, a bad ball from Skylar to Tyreek. They both took you know blame for that play. Skylar says, tried to throw an anticipation throw outside, left it inside, got tipped up 100% for, my, for me to take that blame. And Tyreek also said, you know, they pay me a lot of money to make that catch. I got to make that catch. So both are right in a sense there, but ultimately you get a critical, critical mistake after you had a chance to be first and 10 just on the fringe of the red zone and already in range to take the lead. So and they get the ball at the 37-yard line in a game where field position is of paramount importance. So it's just like everything that could go poor in that moment, Murphy's Law. Let's go back to head coach Mike McDaniel as he discussed how he's handling the fact that the Dolphins are where they are in this position, 8-8 eight and eight after starting the season 8-3 and three and needing one big win and a little bit of help in Week 18. How's he feeling about it himself? How do you handle it as the head coach of this football team? Well, you, you try to identify... You, the the biggest challenge is that the you know people have to deal with losing um, for over a month now and trying to um, channel all of the desire the want the letdown into a productive direction um, and you have to so you have to critically assess each and every game say say is it one thing is it a bunch of things or what can you correct um, you know it. it it is definitely disappointing um, for the, from my perspective, for the for the team, for the fan base, for for everyone really involved, um, and you have to do something with it. You have to understand how uh, to how the, how we got to this position and how we um, make sure that we don't return to a scenario where we can't stop the bleeding, so to speak. So, um, you know, I think I think there's. Uh, guys have had opportunities to play. Um, there's been people that have made some uh, uh, tremendous plays and done a l- very well with their opportunities on the field. Um, there's there's some some guys that uh, I think will will feel in hindsight, looking back on it, that they could have done more. Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. 
Um, it's all about responding. Um, you know, it's our, it, it's tough for any, anybody, um, to really put themselves out there and, and accept these types of, um, defeats in, in consecutive order. Um, but you know, we play a tough game and, uh, absolutely nobody will feel sorry for us, um, as they shouldn't. So we have to figure it out as a group collectively, um, how to, how to finish the season the way we started, um, in the win column and not in the loss column. And that will carry us right into takeaway number two, which is an extension of number one and the script that, you know, of a movie that I don't want to read anymore is that the same defensive woes continue to pop up in these losses. And we should first make a mention the defense, aside from two drives in this game, was really fantastic. Kept giving the football back to the offense, gave them a chance to take that lead at the start of the third quarter when the Patriots had the ball coming out of the break, you know, answered after the missed field goal. But late in the game, when the offense kind of hits a bit of a sputter, the defense has an opportunity to get the football back to the offense. And you can understand that, you know, when it's the Niners high powered offense that can run the football and gets those big rips in the running game. You can understand it when the Chargers can put together a 90 yard drive or the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen putting his cape on or Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. This Patriots offense came into this game struggling mightily. They were winning football games because they put the ball in the paint in the on the defensive side of the football because they went on special teams. And as you saw in this one, hit timely third downs to get themselves at least some offensive production. But by and large, it's been a struggle for them. And so when you have the football backed up to the 11 yard line, and your defense on the field needing a stop. And, and that, the way that game was going with the way their Patriots punt game was going, the Dolphins were getting great field position on punts, especially backed up. Like, if they get a three and out there, perhaps a punt gets fielded around midfield, and you can be a first down or so away from being right back in field goal range to potentially win the game. But that's not what happened. It's not what's happened for the last several weeks now. You go 89 yards with that two-point lead, 11 plays, 89 down the field, 5.06 off the clock to give themselves 16 unanswered points to really put Miami away with that nine-point lead late. And, you know, McDaniel was asked after the game about the attrition on the roster and if you dealt with something like this before, and he said it has to be up there. But at the end of the day, like, you had your opportunities. The Patriots were down when John Jones left that game, were down their top three corners and Jalen Mills is their fourth. So really their top four cornerbacks in this game the attrition's, you know, it's part of the deal, but also so is your lack of execution in certain situations. And it's critical moments, just like on the offensive side with the key errors. I mean, again, all the injuries force you to, you know, go deep into your depth in terms of using players that take away from special teams. Now they're playing defensive snaps and it's, it matters, but still critical third downs on the two scoring drives. They get two conversions on that opening touchdown drive on third downs for first downs. They convert one through a traditional pass on third down, the touchdown, to get those points on a nice little switch release that kind of caused some confusions for our guys in coverage and got Jacoby Myers wide open in the corner of the end zone. Or, uh, and then you get the th- uh, third and six and third and fi- five conversions later in the game. But then the final drive, you get third and five from their own 32, 8-21 left to play, 25-yard pass completion from Mack, um, from Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers. You get third and five at our 27-yard line, 533 to play. So you'll need a touchdown if they kick the field goal, but 22 yards defensive pass interference given first and goal. And the touchdown conversion where we didn't have anyone covering the receiver out there out wide, Duke Riley winds up coming out there and can't get over in time. And then we talked about this in the postgame show too, like the Dolphins – you know, critical execution wasn't good enough, but also luck has been really annoying with the injuries. The quarterback that 
you know, when two is down for whatever reason, we can't get through a full game with our QB one at the game. Like Teddy in the Jets game goes out right away. Skyler in the Vikings game, he goes out. Now we're back here. It's like, and Skyler mentioned, you'll hear it here in a second. It's like deja vu all over again, Yogi Berra. It's, it's just hard to deal with. And then the Jacoby Myers touchdown, like that ball hit the ground and moved in his hand. So I don't, I don't know why that's not, and that's a booth review they do, but it's just everything that could go wrong there did. And so the defense had their chances. They played really well, but you wind up with these critical errors where five for 13 were the Patriots on third down, but three, three first downs they achieved on third down because of penalties. And really it's our guys just running right into their receivers. Like no chance there's not going to be a flag for that. And those late drives, the critical errors, the third downs, those have been the key moments we talk about in these last five weeks, the five or six plays each game. Those have almost unanimously gone to the opposition, and that's how you wind up being 8-8 eight and eight after an 8-3 and three start. And we can just finish the segment here, the theme with our takeaways. And let's just do it for all three phases and talk about special teams miscues. You miss field goals in close games. That's a good way to lose close games. And from a scoreboard perspective, like, again, there's never one play that decides a game. But from a scoreboard perspective, Nick Folk's good from 49 yards. We miss from 51. You lose by two points. Easy to look back at that and say if we can execute the field goals operation, that's a good way to get ourselves back into the winner's circle. And it's been, you know, again, same same deal as, like, how all these losses you can point back to and just say, ah, man, same situation. Like the Jets game, trying to kick a field goal in the fourth quarter to go ahead uh, late in that game. Opportunity to take a lead, miss the field goal. Bengals game, same situation. Miss one in the first half of the Vikings game. Lose that game by eight late, but, you know, maybe those points make a difference down the stretch. Uh, You get the miss against the Packers last week. Same story there. Chance to take a lead late in the third quarter. So it's just imperative to make these these wins in the fine margins especially in a game where you're without Xavier Howard where you're without Bradley Chubb where you're already obviously down Byron Jones Brandon Jones Nick Needham in the secondary where you're without Teron Armstead Kendall Lamb you know second string left tackle in this game replacing Teron Armstead he played really admirably but he gets hurt and has to exit when you're down all these guys you have to find ways to win in those margins and as you heard from head coach Mike McDaniel we have to win the turnover battle in a game like this yeah, pretty clear, and you didn't get that in that that phase. You didn't get it in the special teams phase. There was a hold on a punt that a punt return that wiped out 18 yards worth of field position. It's critical in a game where first downs are hard to come by, like two first downs for 18 yards in total. You have nine penalties. Another game where Miami outgains their opponent and loses 339 to 249. These fine margins are important, and they start really on special teams and in hidden yardage. So those are your first three takeaways. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back on the other side. We'll do takeaways four through five and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel some more and quarterback Tyler Thompson. That's next Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Coming to you on a Sunday evening or Monday morning, depending on when you download the podcast here. Recapping a fifth straight Dolphins loss. They'd lose this one 23-21 in New England. And I know it's a tough one because the Jets also lose their game and the Dolphins, had they won this game, would have punched their ticket to the postseason. 
with a win over the Patriots. That didn't happen, so we need a Dolphins win next week at home against the Jets. We need a Patriots loss on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Number four, takeaway number four, I should say. Uh, the game plan was sound on offense in terms of the approach. You know, Obviously, you know, down certain players, down your quarterback, down your left tackle. Like, You have to find new ways to create opportunities. And it wasn't even just that. It was Mike McDaniel talking about, we'll hear from him here in just one second, about how teams, you know, you want to attack the way they approach you in a certain way. And I thought they did a great job of that. We talked about on the Thursday preview podcast, Patriots want to play, you know, protect the the end zone right don't let you get anything deep don't let you get any explosive plays they play such good clamp down man coverage in the red zone they have faith in that area that they can force you to miss to kick field goals and if you're not patient and don't take checkdowns, they'll turn you over like we saw in the third and long play the dolphins had uh, teddy bridgewater's pick six that he threw in this game so i thought the game plan to run the fo- football was was sound we saw more runs in the first half 18 run calls compared to 14 dropbacks it was 19 13 total but teddy had a scramble on that uh, in that first half. So more runs than than passes. Waddle and Tyreek both aligned in the backfield. We had plenty of snaps with uh, two-back personnel, and I'm not talking about Alec Ingold, where he mostered with Jeff Wilson. In fact, I love that fourth and one call, the fake toss that got attention out of the B-gap, and then you wind that thing back around and hand it off inside to Jeff Wilson to hammer it ahead for a yard and a first down conversion. Really creative ways to, to create first downs. Uh, mostert, had that big tackle breaking run like he did against the Buffalo Bills. And I kind of thought from that moment, like, all right, we got Raheem fired up again. Let's go ahead and, and ride him. And they did for a long time. Again, 18 to 14 first half split. It ends going 28 to 24 in terms of the pass, favoring the pass. But obviously when you're you know down by a couple of scores, you have to put the ball in the air. But what was interesting was, and I'll watch the tape on this and try to get a better feel for it. When Skylar Thompson came onto the field after Teddy Bridgewater threw an interception, got ran back for a touchdown, and injured his finger on his throwing hand. The next seven plays, six of them were pass attempts. So let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on the approach coming into this game and the Dolphins' concerted effort to run the football and get success that way. Uh, that was kind of going into the week. You know, you play certain um, defenses, and, you know, the Patriots, I think, more than any anything, have – um, scored a lot of points on defense. And so trying to minimize the amount of time you, you, you put yourselves in situations where it plays to a defensive strength is something that um, I think is important um, in terms of how you approach a, a specific defense. You know, that that was the, the case this season. Um, the The last time we played Buffalo, we kind of knew – it was going to be a similar set of circumstances that we're going to have to um, really make sure that we attack the line of scrimmage and and didn't play to one of their strengths, which is late sacks and and turnovers. And you know we were able to do that um, with, with solid success at times. Uh, made some plays on third down, so it kept giving us some opportunities. Um, but ultimately, um, it only takes one. Uh, which our guys know, and um, you know, we we uh, it, it's hard to beat that team when they're able to score on offense and defense. Let's go ahead and take one last break and come back on the other side and do takeaway number five. That's next drive time podcast. Your host Travis Wingfield, brought to you by Auto Nation. So we've talked about. 
tired script on offense, on defense, on special teams, on the good game plan, the sound game plan, and, and the even balance the offense achieved in a game where you're down so many key players. We've talked about all of those so far in the takeaways. So takeaway number five is now what? We talked about it in the opening of the show. Again, you need the Patriots to lose to Buffalo, and you have to beat the Jets. But five straight losses, you know, at 500, at 8-8, eight and eight, I don't think anybody would have imagined this. You heard Mike talk about it in the open uh, that didn't expect to be here in the situation. One more game, one more chance to rescue it, pull it back from the wreckage. Let's go ahead and get it done, man. That's what we have to do. Have to focus on all week this week. Go beat the Jets. Give yourself a chance and scoreboard watch from there. Let's go ahead and hear on Coach Mike McDaniel on you know his approach, his feelings on this, and, and what's next. Oh, it's it's tough for me. I, I don't um, typically i I go into the game, you know, believing the people that I work with, believing in the players in the locker room, and this one was absolutely no different. Um, my expectation is to uh, prepare us to win. And so when we don't, um, you know, there's, it's definitely not fun. Um, in this particular situation, I felt, I felt, uh, less sad and more angry, um, just at how, how certain things transpired. Um, because I want desperately for, for everyone involved to, um, you know, get what I feel like they deserve. And when it's, when that's short, you know, I, I struggle not to start with myself. Um, I think that will always be the case. Um, but um, I think there's, we'll see on the tape that that there's a lot of people that could have um, done X, Y, or Z that much better to um, win a, a two-point loss. And, you know, that we knew going into the game that we had to win the turnover battle, and that did not happen on um in all three phases because it's not only not turning it over but it's getting the ball back um and creating turnovers we're we're unable to do that um which we knew in in this type of game was going to be critical so that's um you know we've got to find different ways to get that message put forth and um applied on the field which which is uh you know kind of coaching one-on-one Let's go ahead and hear from quarterback uh, quarterback one to end the game, I should say, Skylar Thompson, who spoke after the game, talking about it being like deja vu, coming off the bench late in the third quarter, trying to rally the Dolphins to a victory late in this game. Here's Skylar Thompson. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like it's kind of deja vu of the conversation we had at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's never a situation that you want to, you know, have happen to, to get into the game, you know. Um, and it's, it's tough to see... Um, you know, Tua go down with the injury last week, and Teddy experienced one this week. Because um, those those guys uh, mean a lot to me, you know. Um, but you know, I got to be ready when my number's called. Um, and you know, it, it's frustrating because I I want to win, um, and I think you know I know everybody in this organization and in that locker room wants to win, and it's 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 frustrating, you know. It's frustrating um, whenever you you uh, <clears throat> just uh, just can't get over the hump in some situations, you know, and, you know, that there's plays that, that I left out there, um, that I wish I could have back. Uh, but one thing that I will always hang my hat on every time I step in between the lines, I'm going to give it everything I got and I'm going to fight my butt off to win. And, and I'm going to keep, keep grinding. I'm going to stick to stick to, to what I've been doing and just trust the process. And that's what this team has to do. And I know it's, it's frustrating. It's hard. Um, 
but we just got to have a short short memory from this and and come back and be ready to to finish the season off next week at home. Very impressed by the way Skyler handled that post-game press conference. He just he says the right things, has the right mentality, has the right approach, and he shows you a lot of compassion in the way he talks about his teammates and his responsibility, you know, as as a quarterback when his number's called upon. Just really recommend going back and checking that out if you have not had a chance to see his entire press conference yet uh, from Skyler Thompson. Let's go ahead and finish up right here. As Coach McDaniel was asked about problem solving and if there was a time in his career that he can remember so much adversity and late season, you know, kind of struggles they had to pull himself out of. He talks about that a little bit, but I went ahead and cut to the part where he starts kind of bringing it back to the Miami Dolphins in current time. He did mention, you know, Super Bowl runs and starting off slow and the, the Niners last year starting off three and five before making their run to the NFC Championship game. Let's go ahead and spin it to Mike McDaniel here who talks about how you pull yourself out of this. And I just love his message here, especially at the very end. Uh, there isn't a season that goes by that you don't have Late season turmoil typically doesn't manifest itself in a five game losing streak, um, but every year it's different. Uh, but I do know one thing that you end up finishing the season um, and uh, winning or or beating the the adversity or overcoming the adversity in one way stre- stretch or form, or you succumb to it, um, and and that's pretty cut and dry. There's only one team that ends up the season happy. Um, the rest of them uh, are are lumped in a wish I coulda, woulda. Um, none of that even really matters for this particular team. Uh, it's it's a one game season uh, to to really take all the lessons learned of this five game losing streak and um, put putting together something that the locker room and coaching staff is proud of. Um, as uh, as the regular season comes to the close, so uh, I'll definitely channel some of those experiences. But um, I, I I fully expect a, a hungry and and well intentioned team um, ready to go play the the Jets next week for the uh, regular season finale. So there you go. As always, good stuff there from Coach talking about this you know difficult situation, trying to bounce back and giving it one last ride to punch your ticket back to the postseason after it looked like five weeks ago you would be doing that uh, much earlier. But here we are, one more game left to go. Get a win, get yourself in with some help from the Buffalo Bills. In the meantime, it's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice, our post-game show on 560 WQAM. Also the Wednesday night Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. You can also check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron. Daddy's coming home. Oh.